0: Good evening and welcome to Point of View. I'm Chris Berg. Thank you so much for joining us. Well, the collusion delusion is over, my friends. Today, many of us saw what many of us referred to as the Mueller report was released. I'm actually calling it the $20 million nothing burger that you and I ended up paying for with our money. Ask yourself this, what we've heard so far up to this point, how's that nothing burger tasting right about now for 20 million big ones what did we get for that thing we found out that russia is trying to influence our elections (laughs) we had congressman peterson on last night he said look russia's been doing this for years and years and years we've been doing it for years and years and years so basically we didn't really learn anything but i'm also thinking about this remote when i look at this 20 million dollar nothing burger i'm also thinking about calling it the impeachment invitation report, really inviting the House Dems to stir things up and begin those impeachment proceedings that you know, you know they're just longing for. And I bring all that up because even Mueller says in the report, look, I couldn't find enough to prosecute, but I also didn't find enough to exonerate. So gosh, I guess I'm going to have to leave this up to Congress or maybe the House Judiciary. Because you got to think about this for a second. Got to ask yourself: This is, I think, the because they're talking now. Hey, we're going to have Mueller show up, and he's going to testify in front of a committee. The first question a Republican needs to ask Mueller is this: um, Excuse me, Mr. Mueller, when did you know there was no collusion? Like, what was the moment that you realized that hey, there's nothing here. There's no coordination. There's no collusion. There's no nothing. It's been a big delusion. And I ask that because what if he knew, which I'm presuming he did. But what if he knew there was no collusion before the 2018 midterms if he would have come out and announced hey guys look i'm looking into this i'm not sure about obstruction of justice yes but i do know that this has been collusion delusion there is no collusion if he announces that before the 2018 midterms does president trump and the republicans hold the u.s house i don't know but it's something to consider because if they did hold the u.s house guess what Jerry Nadler is not the head of judiciary, and now there's not these these scenes of impeachment that obviously are being discussed because that would not be a conversation. The other reason I'm calling it the impeachment invitation report is because Mueller said himself within this documentation that he considered subpoenaing the president to come and obviously, you know, testify face to face, but he didn't do it because he was concerned it was going to take too long via court battles. Well, the question there is, I thought we were, you know, going for justice. I thought this was all about getting to the bottom of justice. Lady justice is blind. So if Mueller's saying it's taking too long, too long for what? I don't know, maybe the 2020 election? Maybe he was worried he was going to go into that piece of it so that he couldn't actually lay this thing out and give the Democrats what they wanted, Were these 10 points of possible obstruction of justice so they could begin those impeachment proceedings. So here's what you need to know. If you look at Mueller's team, if you understand who Mueller is, If there was one iota of collusion, coordination, whatever you want to call it, Mueller and his team would have found it. But bottom line, there is zilch, nada, zero. As a matter of fact, Bill Barr, our attorney general, said today, here's the bottom line of this report. So that's the bottom line. After nearly two years of investigation, thousands of subpoenas, hundreds of warrants and witness interviews, the special counsel confirmed that the Russian government sponsored efforts to illegally interfere with the 2016 presidential election, but did not find that the Trump campaign or other Americans colluded in those efforts. So again, I just want to go over this quickly. After two years of investigation, thousands of subpoenas, warrants, wiretaps, interview witnesses, not one iota of collusion, not even one iota of coordination with the Trump campaign or really any American for that matter with Russia, which, by the way, if there's no coordination with Russia by any American, according to Bill Barr, why the indictment of Roger Stone? That's a topic for another day, but just something to consider. So Think about this. We are being told now, after all this investigation, and Mueller's a straight-up guy, that there's not one iota of coordination or collusion. I want you to contrast that, that idea, what we now see in writing, with this. Just two months ago, and I'm asking you this because I want you to think about what does this tell you about our FBI? Just two months ago, we had a former FBI acting director Andy McKay, okay, a director of the FBI. This person allegedly is running the premier law enforcement agency in the entire world. This guy's supposed to have access to the greatest intelligence on the planet. So he is running this division of this great legal law enforcement uh, piece of, of the U.S. justice system. So we got to assume, hey, this guy's fairly smart, right, fairly savvy person running the FBI. Two months ago, he's on CNN With Anderson Cooper and listen to what Anderson Cooper asked him and his response. Do you still believe the president could be a Russian asset? I think it's possible. I think that's why we started our investigation. And I'm really anxious to see where Director Mueller concludes that. I bet she's not so anxious today, is he? But I I sprinkle this in because that's the acting FBI director, greatest access to intelligence on the planet. And just two months ago, he goes, yeah, I still believe that our president, duly elected, could be a Russian agent. Based on what? What in the world gave you the idea that you could go open a counterintelligence investigation on the president of the United States, duly elected, because you actually believed he was a Russian agent? Folks, I don't know if that shows you that the top brass of the FBI, the seventh floor of the FBI, is either maybe we give them too much credit or they're corrupt i don't know how else you come up with the conclusion on collusion delusion from the acting fbi director two months ago suggesting that we have a russian agent sitting in the white house study to me would love to know your point of view on that now what i want us to look at tonight because this, there's a lot of conversation about this report but end of the day what this report does come out and say is that yes russia an organization called the IRA, it's the Internet Research Agency, as well as the GRU, that's the Russian Army Intelligence Agency, they did try to uh, stir controversy, influence the election. And this report goes out to say they did all this to benefit Donald Trump. So they went out, they sowed discord, did all these things to benefit Donald Trump. But I want you to ask yourself tonight, if you're Russia, all right, if you're Putin, and you've got a bunch of oligarchs that run your country, and you're a petro state, all right, like 75% of Russia's economy is all petro, it's all oil, all natural gas, why in the world would you want Donald Trump to be the president? Remember, Hillary Clinton on the campaign says she wanted to get rid of fracking, she wanted to put coal workers out of business, so that obviously is going to wipe out our energy industry here in the U.S. of A. But yet now, with President Trump being our president, we lead the world The United States of America now, thanks to President Trump and his policies, we lead the world as the biggest producer of oil and natural gas. My point, that is not good for the Russian economy. That is not good for Putin. That is not good for Russian oligarchs. The other thing I want to look at, if if you tonight at home can tell me one policy that Donald Trump has put out that has uh, benefited Russia in any way, shape or form, Please tell me, because I just mentioned now we're the top oil and gas producer. We also talk about NATO. President Trump has got countries involved in NATO to put up more money than the history of NATO, which obviously defends Eastern Europe against Russia. So we've got more money now going into NATO. You had President Trump beating up on the chancellor of Germany, Angela Merkel, about the Gazprom pipeline deal, because here we are spending money with NATO, defending Germany from Russia, and yet Germany's got a deal for energy from Russia? That doesn't make any sense. So Trump called that out, got rid of that deal, so now they're not buying energy from Russia. That's going to hurt their economy. Another policy that's not good for the oligarchs, we got out of the INF, the the, uh, short-term nuclear treaty, okay? Uh, We gave uh, lethal weapons to the Ukraine so Ukraine could defend themselves against Russia. I mean, I can go on and on down this list, and you look at the policies of President Trump, there's not one thing out there that has been good for Putin. So I don't understand where they come up come up with this idea and if it isn't indeed to be true well then clearly Putin and the oligarchs made a horrible decision putting Donald Trump at 1600 Pennsylvania in the White House one other thing now when you look at it from that perspective is obviously so why did this whole thing get started if it was horrible for President Trump to become president for Russia and Putin if it was now proven that no American and Trump or his campaign did not collude or uh, coordinate with Russia how did this whole thing start? Like, why, why did this thing even get going in the first place? I want to share with you a little bit about what President Trump said earlier today at a wounded warrior event, because if indeed Bill Barr follows through and what he testified recently, he's going to look into this, this potential spine, potentially legal spine, and he's going to investigate the investigators, things are going to get interesting really fast. Here's President Trump earlier today. And they're having a good day. I'm having a good day, too. It was called No Collusion, No Obstruction. I'm having a good day. There never was, by the way, and there never will be. And we do have to get to the bottom of these things, I will say. And uh, and this should never happen. I say this in front of my friends wounded warriors and i just call them warriors because we just shook hands and they look great they look so good so beautiful but i say it in front of my friends this should never happen to another president again this hoax This should never happen to another president again thank you some strong words there folks and if bill barr follows through and the DOJ begins to investigate the investigators and they find out, hey, why did this thing start in the first place? We may find out that, you know what, U.S. helped put Mifsud in front of George Papadopoulos, George EP over in London. Uh, We also want to find out, obviously, is what did President Obama know about this whole thing and when did he know it? How far up the chain is this thing going to actually go? I'm assuming we're going to see Jim Comey back in front of I don't know, a jury, a judge. We'll see where that thing leads as well. And You got Clapper and Brennan and all those guys. Bottom line is, if everything goes down like Bill Barr suggested, I think everybody in America is going to be truly stunned, shocked to our core by how this thing got started, by the FISA warrants, who was spying on who, why they were unmasking people. I mean, it is a deep, deep rabbit hole that we're not going to cover all tonight, but hopefully they will follow through and get this done because I would love to see... Lady Justice be blind again in the great United States of America. So please share your point of view in the, uh, the Mueller report, the $20 million-plus nothing burger. would love to get your point of view on that. All right, let's talk about this. Joining us right now live from our Bismarck studio, Senator Jana Murdahl. She voted no on the coveted. Theodore Roosevelt Library. Uh, Senator Murdoch, welcome to the show. Great to have you with us. I do want to start with the TR Library. we got several things to cover, but you voted no, and I'm just curious as to what was it about this that had you say, nah, I'm not for this?
1: Well, hi, Chris, it's good to see you. Um, you know, I voted no because I, I, you know, eventually at the end of the day, you represent your district, right? So uh, we live in Northeastern North Dakota. You know, I'm right there up in the corner of, of our state. And we have beautiful uh, tourism opportunities in that state. And uh, we have tried, as I said on the floor of the Senate yesterday, we have tried numerous times uh, through the Outdoor Heritage Fund, through other funding, to get some um, Main Street initiative for rural North Dakota and tourism to to work for us in the Pemina Gorge, which is kind of our jewel in the the dark, if you will, up in that area. Um, And uh, for me to vote for $50 million for the library when uh, we have a hard time even uh, getting funding for, of any kind in the northeastern part, I just think it's, I, I, you know, my conscience couldn't do it. Now, I fully understand the governor's vision. I'm kind of a history kind of freak myself. Uh, my son is probably going to have a doctorate in history out in the East Coast. So I understand that, but I think we have other needs. We have needs, uh, we can barely hold our uh, nursing homes even for funding. Um, we have uh, infrastructure deals, even though we have the Prairie Dog now. But most of all, it is this that we live uh, in the northeastern part, the Pemina Gorge, and the opportunities for tourism and adventure there is much bigger draw for me to uh, support than the library at this time. And one fact, uh, Chris, that you might know, we probably talked before, from my district, uh, 1.2 to 1.4 million people live within two hours of the Pemina Gorge. We have an enormous opportunity in the next 10, 20 years to develop that area, not to wreck it, but for conservation, recreation, and other things. And I'm going to represent my district. You know what?
0: You bring up an awesome point, because how often have we heard Governor Burgum say, we've got this workforce issue in North Dakota, and maybe we could recruit people from Winnipeg. So maybe you put the TR library up. I mean, I'm obviously being somewhat in jest there, but maybe there's an opportunity to put something up in your neck of the woods. That'll help bring people down, show them North Dakota, and they stick around a little bit longer. I I guess I've got a couple issues with this I want to get your take on, is that now it's no longer, according to this bill, first off, they totally changed it. It was going to be like the Red River Water Supply Project. They did, I don't know all these terms, they hog-housed it or something like that. Now it goes into the House tomorrow for a vote. Kind of lay out because um, a couple people are making the argument that The vote tomorrow potentially in the house could be unconstitutional what do you know about that and do you agree with that assessment
1: well i tell you what one of the reasons that we on the senate side made it a single bill i mean at this time in the session you can't have delayed bills it's it's sort of over so it was a bill that was dead in hog uh senator wardner our majority leader and i respect him for doing this he said i'm going to promise you an up and down vote on this issue alone For a lot of us, you know, you sit and vote on the Commerce Bill or Higher Education or Health and Human Services, and within those appropriations, Chris, there are numerous projects, maybe some that would be excellent for District 10. And so for those of us who wanted, we need an up and down vote on the floor for the people in North Dakota and the people in our district to actually see whether we voted yay or nay on the library in and of itself. Now what the House does with it or not, (laughs) this session, uh, it baffles me (laughs) what they do uh, with a lot of things. They killed a bill of, our, of ours on the floor today that I worked two years on, so who knows, but that's that's how the system works. What they are claiming, um, we're going to see the debate tomorrow, and I'm, I'm, I really can't answer. I haven't I've read some of the accusations of that. I, I don't think we would do something that's unconstitutional. Um, I don't think our, our chamber would do that, but uh, you never know what we'll might see. come out of the House here's, here's
0: what I want to know, and uh, we've got a couple of things I want to get through in, in a limited amount of time, Senator. So one of the things that, that stuns me is that now yep. we've flipped this bill for this library, so it's no longer even going to be legacy fund earnings but it's now going to be a loan from the bank there's going to be some general fund money used to do that yeah and yet when they bought the bill over to you to use the legacy fund to eradicate income taxes in north Dakota, which in my opinion again great way to recruit workers for the workforce problem you guys got hardly any votes for that what what is going on in the senate that it's okay to take a loan out of the bank for some library in medora but we can't get rid of income taxes
1: well again, I voted no against that bill. Uh, it was thirty five million dollars uh, loan from the Bank of North Dakota, and I believe fifteen million million fifteen million out of the federal uh, I mean out of the uh, general fund and I voted no on that. I agree with you i, I don't like the idea I don 't like any of it. Um, yes, I to go back when we voted for the income tax. You know one thing, Chris, that I hear from home all the time. I never hear one complaint about income taxes we 're very, very low on that. What I hear complaints on is property taxes, and so we're looking at now. Um, let me back up a little bit. I believe we shouldn't touch the legacy fund at all. Legacy fund earnings, yes, but we need to be careful. We need to be very careful with it. So I think we're going to look into that in the interim. I think it's really important that we look into the intent or where this came from, because those earnings are going to actually start being substantial, much more substantial than what we expected. I think personally we should leave the legacy fund for the future. We should grow it to, I don't care, 30, 40, 50 billion like, you know, I grew up in Norway. Their legacy fund, if you can call it that, is over $1 trillion <laughs> now. And, and the interest, Chris, of that in Norway supersedes what comes out of the ocean in the North Sea as far as oil goes on a daily basis. We need to have vision to do that. But um, like I said, I vote a no uh, for this funding. I, I just don't think it's the right moment. I understand the vision. I understand the governor's passion for this. Uh, it's just not the right thing when we have other needs in the state.
0: Senator, i got a list of things I want to talk to you about, but unfortunately a limited amount of time, so I'm going to bump down to this one. You and several other legislators re- recently wrote a piece um, calling out what I always dub, and you may or may not agree with this term, but I always dub the fake news form. Uh, Why did you call yeah. them out? What happened?
1: I tell you what, uh, what? Uh, we called them out on the bill that the four of us uh, uh, signed on to early January. It had to do with retired judges and judges being able to carry concealed because they're specifically under threat. They really are. That was the entirety of the bill. It uh, went over to the uh, House side. They added a bill that we had killed in the Senate, that we had voted against in the Senate, that allows basically guns anywhere, everywhere, wherever, without any school authority or church authority, basically, kind of the whole kitchen sink. They added that onto it, and then the Fargo Forum reported that the four of us snuck it through, like sneaky Republicans with guns snuck that through. Now, Chris, I don't mind being called names, and I get called names all the time, out of what we now, and some of us in the Senate, call the... The Fargo Forum Inquirer, um, uh, so that's a little different name than what you call it. And we hear things all the time. This time it's gone a little overboard when, when it's actually false reporting of who, whose names are now a bill, on a bill, which language we never signed, and which all four of us will vote against when it comes to the floor. Yeah. So um, the other thing, Chris, real quick, civility. We recently have the Fargo Forum ran a couple of um, uh, op-eds that they get from people they pay that literally talked about certain senators' private parts. We need Uh, to we need to get above that, Senator. Get above it. Let's have civility. North Dakotans deserve more.
0: Thanks for your time. Thank you for your service. Keep up the great work, and I will talk to you again soon. Thank you very much.